Hey, it's Gia from NV89, where you get to discover music and new artists. And in studio with me now is Gris Folk. Hi, you guys. Hi. Hi. You are so kind to stop by between Portland and Sacramento, where you're playing tonight. And then tomorrow you're in San Francisco, bottom of the hill. I, there's a drum head you're giving away or something. Oh, yeah. That... We, I forgot about that. Yeah, you we got me. a drum head. For, yeah, it's only for the San Francisco show. So our listeners often travel to go see shows in Sacramento and San Francisco. So it's not unreasonable to think that anybody listening now would be there to win a drum hat. We might be giving away some other stuff tonight in Sacramento. So that is good. It's super good. All right. So go down the line left to right. I know our viewers can't see you, but our listeners can't see you. Viewers, that would be TV. Sebastian and I play the keys. All right. My name is Adam and I sing. All right. I'm Frederick. I play the guitar. And I'm Bill. I play the drums. Bill. So you guys are touring in support of the new album that came out last week, Rarest of Birds. And it is departure from the first album, which was more synth-heavy. And we, you know, going through, talking about stuff, and I'm an L.A. girl through and through for the old days, so I would listen to KSRW regularly before we had this station. And um, you're an artist watch for KCRW in the early days. Did that bring on a, a like a heavy burden for you to live up to that? No, we were flattered. Right. And, you know, it's it's always fun to see that you get the support from from fans, from radio, and you know, and, and we put a lot of work into that music. So it's it's you know, it's a little tap on the shoulder, I guess. That's so I, because I would have been flipped out like KCRW wants me to be this thing. They are, that like the expectation is there. But I'm so glad you're not freaked out by it. I mean, we were, it was a long time ago, so we were probably freaked out back then. It's almost, it's almost kind of reassuring that it feels like we're, we're doing something, yeah. something right, right that at least yeah. one other person can relate to in the world. Yeah, wow. it was also sort of like, it seemed natural because they're, they're part of the community. And so, you know, we, we kind of like see them, like Jason Bentley would be walking by our studio and uh, we know Chris DeVitas, like, you know, like you see these people around. Right. So it just seemed kind of like normal at the time. So those guys are so great to yeah. support the artists in the way that they do. And everything is like you're a Swedish American band and based in Los Angeles, although I know you just moved to Nashville, Adam, which is cool. You came together how? Well, we met uh, in LA just working on different projects. I was in a band with Bill um, first. And then uh, we were like a what were we like a bluegrass band or something, yeah, something that shouldn't have, shouldn't have existed in L.A. I can tell you that much. And then uh, Fred and I started writing together, and then we started writing with Sebastian, and then we wrote this song called "The Struggle," and um, we put it on a blog, or sorry, we just put it on SoundCloud, and then somebody gave it to a friend who put it on a blog, and then it like it got a bunch of views overnight. And then we were like, you know, maybe we should start a band with this since people like it. And, and the um, video for The Struggle is, I love that video. Was it any of you who was in the bear suit? No, we were, we had a little cameo. We were sitting on the sidewalk. Yeah, we weren't actually. allowed to get in the bear suit. It's actually like, wasn't it a... Like 20000 it was like worth it was, a lot of money. It was money. an expensive suit that they like flew in. It was, yeah. The, I, the original idea was that they were going to let like real bears loose into the city and let them, you know, cause mayhem. <laughs> that was the original idea, but... 
Um, all right, you're here to play three songs. Yes, ma'am. Off of the new album, Rarest of Birds. Right now, we'll we'll start with a song called Spoonful. All right. And it was one of the first to come out. It's one of the first singles from the record before. Let's it came do it. Out. It's Gross Folk on NV eighty nine. Give me just a little, just to get me by Just a spoonful is never enough to hold me over Just a little bit, just to get me by Just a spoonful is never enough to hold me over Leaving I wake Leaving a big, big scar for good times sake Show me that two-step once more we never look back when we were wild and free. We never let go of a good freedom to believe. She gave me just a little, just to get me by. Just a spoonful is never enough to hold me over. Just a little bit, just to get me by. Just a spoonful is never enough to hold me over. here in the studio at MV89, Sebastian, Adam, Fred, and Bill. Um, who's the primary songwriter? We're all Collectively doing it. Yeah. Which is so much healthier for the band overall, if you ask me. Because <laughs> you guys don't have to worry about, like, it's like with Bohemian Rhapsody, right? And Queen's doing the thing. And it's like, oh, we all need equal songwriting in this because it's just healthier for the band overall. And I hope it is for you guys, too. Yeah? No? I don't think it could work for every band, but for us it works, you know. I think yeah. uh, it started that way. Right. And we like it that way, so. And how was it with Adam living in Nashville, 
you guys being in you know different parts of the country, how are you just sending files to one another? Well, you know, they would come to Nashville and we'd do some co-writes there, and we did a lot of work in Nashville actually, and it opened up, it opened up the record to like so many more possibilities because of all the great people that that are in Nashville that aren't in LA and uh, and just the vibe of, of being there. But we'd write there and then we'd bring it to LA where we worked on the record with a producer named Alan Blickley. And um, yeah, it worked out great, actually. That's so, I love that. Cause I love Nashville and I love how it's not just a country town any longer. I mean, really, it's it's such a, I mean, for you know a decade easily now that it's been something more than a country scene. It's just so wonderful to see so many artists doing killer stuff from Nashville and LA and yeah. combining the efforts. Um, so what's the difference between playing in the U.S. and playing in Sweden? Like, you've got your home countries. Is there a difference in the audiences? Well, as Grizz folk, we've never had the... Uh, we've never played in Sweden, <gasps> so unfortunately. Well, yeah. we're hoping soon. Yeah, that's um, a dream, obviously, to play there. Right. We've been to northern Germany, so it's pretty close to Sweden. So my parents actually drove down six hours. That was pretty cool. That's uh, so yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, we're curious to see how they would take our music in Sweden. Actually, I don't know. Actually, yeah, it's it's uh, the music scene in there is is you know they they do have you know a lot of rock, right? Um, but it's not like I don't know the the live scene over there is very EDM, and so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how we would do. We have to call the powers that be over at Network and tell them to jump yeah. on that right oh, away. Send us over. Agent. To that point of something being more electronic-focused music there, do you feel like playing more, if you're introducing yourselves, playing a little bit more from the first records? Because you had more synth in those songs versus now that you would maybe combine the synth-heavier music with what you're currently doing? Or are you? would you guys sort of cater to that audience no if we no. really are thinking about it anymore we're just kind of making music that that we would want to listen to right i guess you know we've we've been sort of you know we we've had a lot of outside influences when, when we've been making making music in the past and so this time we were like let's just make music that we want to make that that you know makes us feel good and hopefully people will agree with that wherever they are and you wrote hurricane with festivals in mind, is that right? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we kind of put the songs into different like scenarios. And right. That one was definitely uh, like you know a summer festival where we want a lot of people to sing along. You know, it's that kind of vibe to it. We're so happily playing it here at MV eighty nine, and I don't know if it's the next song you guys want to play or not, but. We can, we can down with that. Next. All yeah. right, let's do Hurricane. Yeah. It's Grossfuck here at NV89. Oh, we lost because we took it too far. If what it is isn't all we are, shut the light, Sally, me in the dark. Wasn't all supposed to fall apart.
Kurt NV89 with a live and acoustic version of Hurricane. I was reading that early on in your career that one of the artists that was really influential for you was Justin Vernon of Bonnie Bear. Is like has that evolved? Have you been able to play with him? Not yet. Never seen him. <laughs> really? He's like a elusive phantom. So I have a quick Justin Vernon story, which is, I think, kind of fun, because I was going to mention that you guys are playing Kaboo, which is such a huge and cool festival in Southern California in September. Get to play with Snoop, who doesn't want that on their resume, right? But um, a friend of mine, truth be told, an ex of mine, um, is a musician, and he was on a festival, and Justin Vernon was there, and he said he's the nicest guy in rock, that he would make everybody stay back in the dressing room afterwards, and he would make everyone clean their trash so that the um, staff at the venue didn't have to do that. And I will forever love Justin Vernon for that. So my, I guess, tip to you is if you're ever lucky enough to be playing with him or he's opening for you, because yay, why not? Um, you might, you know, like show him like the little secret of like, oh yeah, we can clean up our dressing room too. Yeah, our dressing room is far from clean. <laughs> Yeah. At, least, at least you're prepared in case yeah. that were to come along. All right. So first concert. Start with you, Sebastian. Uh, first concert was a uh, Swedish Swedish band. And it's like a Swedish summer festival. I remember jumping over a fence and sneaking into a festival. What about you, Adam? Uh, Aerosmith, the Get a Grip tour, when they just put that record out. That was in Pensacola, Florida. Pensacola. All right. Frederick? Um Ace of DC. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It changed my whole life. Just seeing Angus Young on stage. Uh, it was crazy. And then I got to play, a week later, I got to play in my first big show. I was 14, playing in front of 3,000 uh, 3, people. And Your so first that, show was in front of 3,000 people? Yeah, that was like the first big show. Yeah. Like, that is so yeah. cool. So that was a week before Ace of DC. So I was just acting like Angus, I guess, on stage. But, That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Uh, my right, first Bill? concert was Gavin DeGraw and Mark Broussard. Nice. You've got ACDC to, Dav to Gavin McGraw, and that is like those vast differences for an Aerosmith. Like you've got your classic rock and your harder rock. How did those influences of the artists that you saw when you were younger like come into play now for your lives? Are you still just fans, or does it influence your songwriting at all? Yeah, there's, there's some artists, I think, that, that definitely still have left a kind of lasting imprint. There's some decisions I, I made when I was younger, 
listening related decisions that you know I I'd like not to share with everyone. <laughs> Does it involve crisscross? <laughs> we play. Oh, crisscross! Did you wear clothes backwards for just a minute? Where there was the whole crisscross. I wish it was thing? that cool. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know about crisscross, just look it up and you will see. There's a lot of like backward clothing stuff. It's I'm almost ashamed to know that I know that so well. It's it's uh it's pretty funny. What okay, so we went first We play concerts. Eat the Rich by Aerosmith pretty much every time before we go on stage to get us hyped up. By you Aerosmith. do? Like if we're feeling a little tired, we, we put on Eat the Rich. Do you guys ever cover it? Because that's that's gonna be my next bit of bit of advice is Justin Vernon clean dressing rooms and then one of these days to have it there hyping you up to go in and then just break into it because I will totally sign up for that yeah. show I would love to see that happen Adam you're newly sober yeah well, about a year and three months congratulations and how does it affect your songwriting or being out on tour I mean clearly everybody's supportive of yeah. everything that's going on um it's it's been awesome actually yeah we we made this record um like right after i quit drinking um so it's been sort of a journey and you can hear a lot of it in the music um and as far as touring goes i was i was really worried at first you know because alcohol is pretty much everywhere right um but i you know it's i've got enough time now to where it's like i don't want to drink anymore and i wake up every morning feeling amazing and, you know, everyone else wakes up with a hangover. <laughs> <laughs> You're all bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, look at them, see, if only. So, I don't know. It's, it's really it's awesome. I love it. That's, yeah. I think it's fantastic. So congratulations. And I don't want to ever bring stuff like that up. I mean, oh, I just got permission totally for things. But because you never really know if there was, like, you know, such a, a, a difficult time. It's like, I want to put that in the past. I was doing an interview with Justin of um, Blue October, and we were talking. He's you know, incredibly open and enthusiastic about his sobriety. And so one of the things we talked about was the songs he'd written prior to sobriety if he looks back on it and thinks ah, i just wish i'd never done that it was such you know so of a time and is there any element of that where it's like oh okay we've got you know a new a clearer perspective really versus what had been going on prior did it affect the dynamic of the songwriting and recording process at all for you guys i mean i can't speak for them but i think it made it made it a lot easier for us Probably a lot easier to get along with nowadays. I'm, not that I was ever hard to get along with, but I think that you know I'm more focused now, I'm more driven. Life is a lot better. Um, and when you guys were recording, there was Carl the dog. That was and and so what songs? Well, tell me about Carl. I'm like, I, I, it's better the listener hear it from you. Guys. Well, he sounded like this. <laughs> Was, uh, he was a French bulldog who was how old? Like 13, 14 years old. Yeah. It was our producer and his girlfriend's dog. And he would, you know, sniff the outlets. And we were like, that's... He would lick the outlets. Yeah, he would lick the outlets. <laughs> Not how he died. No, no. Died. I'm, probably I'm sorry. Stayed gone. alive longer. But anyway, that. yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was in the studio with us throughout the entire process of making the record. And he was 
there while we were recording very quiet parts and as a result you can hear that that snarling and that labored breathing in the background of probably a lot of songs i love that so much so which songs on the record are is carl most prominent and does he get a co does he have a piece of the album like does his estate have a piece of the album we dedicated the album to carl actually did you Oh, it's just weird, you know, because the day after we, we, you know, there was a day we were like, all right, well, it's done now. We're done with the record. And then, like, it seemed like the next day he passed away. Aww. And um, there is this yeah. quiet part, I'm believing, right before the piano bridge part, uh, where you can hear parrots in the background. Actually, they're wild parrots in Venice, California. They're wild parrots all over LA. And yeah. I think a lot of people don't know that. Right? I remember yeah. seeing them in the beginning and yeah. uh, like in Silver Lake really is where right. it felt like they started showing up and out water. But I think it freaks people out that you're sitting there. Right? I grew up there and I never saw wild parrots until like the last decade or so. So I didn't know that you could hear the parrots. Yes, yeah, so you can hear there. the parrots and probably Carl there too. Like, you know. So it's a beautiful part, and that's, that was before we came up with the name Rarest of Birds. So oh, we actually had birds cool. in the recordings, too. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that kinda story. Rare. Yeah, kind of rare. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. Um, so the final song that you guys are going to play. We're going to do a song called Heavy Crown. All right. It's Gross Folk here at NV89. <laughs> What kind of river we're riding along? What kind of ride do we roll? Which way do we go when the bridge is gone? Who's behind these lies we've been told? Get loud in the cold, cold, cold world. Be loud in the cold, cold, cold world. Light in a cold, cold, cold world. Be light in a cold, cold, cold world. Wake me up when it's going down. Let the voice in your heart make a loud sound. Wake me up when it's going down. Who's head is holding? Where do we go when the road runs out? Love will rise up in deep. Down whispering and thinking loud. Don't blow in with the breeze. You light in a cold, cold, cold. Whose head is holding this heavy crown? 
Chris Folk. Heavy crown from the album Rarest Birds. Thank you so much for stopping by the biggest little stage here in Reno. Reno loves you. And you're tonight in Sacramento, tomorrow night, San Francisco. So if any of our listeners want to make the trek over the hill, the weather's perfect for such things. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you.